all the staff that we have really are part of the discipleship ministry. We're all leading groups and very involved. If you would, and I'm looking around you, you are, you're, you're doing this already, but encourage other people to be part of groups. Strategically, it is a great way to communicate to the mass. When we hit COVID, there was a disbursement, and honestly, it was so hard to communicate. But I believe wholeheartedly, if we can get together in groups, whatever that means, and Greg and I have been talking about it, Tim and I have been talking about it, it will help us be united as we move forward. And with that in mind comes this passage, because I do believe it wholeheartedly. Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. Who's the church? You and me. We are the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. What we're doing now is to impact future generations as well. So this is a... This is something that we're all working on. We want our kids, grandkids, and further to know Jesus, and that's going to be happening through people like you and me as we work together. Okay. All right. uh, closing prayer? Sure. I believe is next. I'm going to close just with the blessing, one that you often don't hear, but it is a very traditional and beautiful blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. We have a motion to adjourn the meeting. Okay, Lonnie. Do we have a second? All right, Mike. All in favor? Aye. Anybody opposed? All right. Thank you. to what I say pray for peace people everywhere listen to what I say a child a child sleeping in the
One of the greatest Christmas carols ever written. You've probably heard it hundreds of times. But there's a word in the song that's a bit out of place, and it's right in the title. O come, all ye faithful. You see, Jesus didn't come for the faithful. He came for the faithless. He came not for the righteous, but for the sinners. Jesus said the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick do. He came for the hurting. He came for the doubters. He came for those who have written God off and want nothing to do with Him. He came for one reason, so that we, the faithless, could be made faithful. Not by our own righteousness, but by His righteousness. No matter what you've done or what you've been through, Jesus came for you. So come, come all ye faithless, and He will make you joyful and triumphant. Christ is in our midst right here, right now. So come. Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
may be seated, and good morning to all of you as we come and worship the Lord, and we adore him with everything that we can, because he is so good, so loving, so kind. I want to welcome everyone, especially our guests. Uh, glad you're with us in worship. Just so you know, if you, there's a couple things that we've been announcing every single week. We have now put on a card so that you can read. They're in the backs of the chairs in front of you. Things like if you're a guest, you can text 1C guest to 94,000. You could stop at next steps. Um, if you are online, what you can actually do is just put something in the comments section. We get to know you. If you have a prayer request, this card will let you know how to put a prayer request in by texting it to us. Uh, if you're going to have communion with us, this card will let you know what do we believe about communion here at 1C Church and how do you take communion. That'll give you some of that information. So please look at this card that will help you in navigating through the service. Um, in addition to that, a couple other quick announcements. Uh, we have a giving garland that's up here. We have some young people in our community who would be so blessed by you if you were so moved to come up and, and take one of the, those tags. We still have, I don't know how many. We had 18 before the first service. Um, but these will then get into the homes and families and to the individuals of kids who might be having a tough year. So if it's something that you're moved to do after the service, come up, grab one of those tags, go get the gift, and bring the, the gifts back next Sunday unwrapped with the tag, and we'll make sure we get them to those kids, all right? Also, just so you know, we have a Christmas Eve coming up, the 24th. Can't believe it. It's happening. Just to let you know, we have service times at 11 o'clock in the morning, also 3 and 5 at this location, so 11, 3, and 5, and then 7 o'clock over at Trinity Schuyler. So if you're looking at your calendar and you're like, I need something later, you can go there. And they're actually announcing the same thing, saying if 7 doesn't work for you, you can come over here for 11, 3, or 5. Many opportunities to come and worship. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, a little heads up, if you come early, we're going to be singing some extra Christmas carols. So as you come in, and we normally have more people, it'll give you some time to come in and sing some more carols as well. And the last thing, we have been um, uh, passing out the joy basket. We believe, as if you notice the Advent candle here, we are on the third week of Advent, which is the joy week. Because as we anticipate the birth of Christ, we know that that brings a joy like nothing else. So we, we start lighting these candles and we remember and we get close to Christmas and we celebrate. We can respond to that joy in so many different ways. By serving, using your time, your talents. You can also give as you give of your treasures. So the joy baskets will be passed and I want to lead all of us in a time of prayer just asking God to let us see the joy we have in Jesus and respond faithfully. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you again. You came to this earth with such purpose, and it was to seek and to save the lost. It was to bless people like us. And you have given to us a joy that is unmatched by this world. We have eternal life because of you. We have a peace and a love and a hope because of you. So as we get ready to sing this next song and give you glory, as these baskets are passed, Lord, um, if you so move, may we be faithful as we 
return a portion of what you've given to us because you are so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. comes again when we'll sing
Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. If you can come on up, find your, your seat on the floor up here. There you go, have a seat. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking about different Christmas carols recently. And so today we are talking about, O Come All Ye Faithful. So let's read the first verse of this song. It says, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. I don't know about you, but I get kind of nervous when I sing this song. How do we know if we're faithful? I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel faithful. I know I sin, I mess up. How about you? Do you ever get in trouble for getting in a fight with your brother and sister? Yeah. How about not listening to your parents? Yeah. I mean, isn't that why Santa Claus has a naughty and nice list? Yeah. Yeah. And how do you know if you're on the naughty list or the nice list? And if you're on the naughty list, is there enough time between now and Christmas Eve to make it to the nice list? No, I, I don't know either. Oh, my goodness. That's, that can be stressful, can't it? Is Jesus going to stop at your house, or is he going to zoom right on by? When you get up in the morning, will there be a lump of coal in your stocking, or will there be something from your wish list? I don't know. Who knows? Well, let's read the next verse of the song. It says, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Wait a minute. Santa's from the North Pole. He's not from Bethlehem, is he? No. Who was born in Bethlehem? Jesus, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Are you telling me this song might be about Jesus? Hmm. Well, let's read the next line and see what it says. It says, O come and behold him, born the king of angels. Huh, I think you're right. I think this song's about Jesus. He's king, isn't he? Hmm. Well, let's reread these verses then. Maybe they'll make more sense. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. So this is a call to worship Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, and it doesn't say anything about a naughty or nice list. No, it says faithful. So we are joyful and triumphant because we have faith in Jesus. Nothing to do with a right or wrong list, does it? Or good or bad, nice or naughty? No. So it calls us joyful and triumphant. And we receive that joy. I know what that is. That's like being really, really happy, isn't it, through faith? What's triumphant mean? Do you know what triumphant means? Yes, no. What's it mean? What does triumphant mean? Happy. It's a, definitely a happy thing. Victory. Yes, triumphant means victory. So through faith in Jesus... We are triumphant. We are victorious because we have faith in the king who has victory, Jesus. That's a great thing, isn't it? So we don't have to worry about naughty lists and nice lists because through faith in Jesus, we are written in Jesus' book of life. So we are on a list of Jesus's through faith. That is much better than a nice list and definitely better than a naughty list. And that's something we can trust and have faith in and have joy. That's a good news. That is good news. What do you say we pray? All right, we'll fold our hands. 
our heads and you can repeat after me. King Jesus, Christmas is all about you. You are the best gift ever. And thank you for not having a naughty list and nice list. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can help back to your seats. Thanks for coming up and helping me understand this Christmas carol better.
we pray. Heavenly Father, your desire was that we would have peace. Peace with you, peace with others. But as you looked down on this earth, you saw uh, sin, sinfulness, and, and humanity in all of us. And so thank you that in order to bring peace uh, with us, to you, and with each other, you gave your son Jesus. And thank you that for all that he did while he was on this earth, his birth in Bethlehem, the life he lived for 33 and a half years, and then his faithfulness. Faithfulness to go into Jerusalem, faithfulness to allow to be arrested and beaten and placed on a cross. And thank you that on the third day, he rose again from the dead to, to show his victory, how he triumphed over all things. And we thank you that because of his victory, because of his love for us, we can have life with you. So thank you for that grace. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is a challenge. When we are in this Advent Christmas season, there is so much that is put before us. You know, the buying and the giving of gifts, the putting up of uh, ornaments and lights, and we can get so easily entrapped by all of that, and yet for us to pause and reflect that God sent his only son, Jesus, to do all the things necessary so we can have eternal life. That is the greatest gift. And my prayer for you, my prayer for myself, is that this Christmas, this time, it would become more real than ever before. And then because of that, our faith would grow, our joy would grow, and that we would live lives triumphant, victorious, because of Jesus. Amen. As we now continue uh, with this gift of Holy Communion, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. As we now continue with this celebration of the Lord's Supper, uh, for those of you that received those individual uh, communion sets during the next song, you know, take that in faith believing it's bread and wine and body and blood for your forgiveness. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, please do so during the song as the Spirit leads you. Uh, and if you need gluten-free, let us know. Or if you would prefer to have juice, just let the server know. And may this time, this time of communion, be a blessing and an encouragement in our life with him. Amen. Let there be peace, peace to every nation. Let there be hope. For all the world to see, let there be love and joy to all the children, let there be peace on earth.
now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life and for ministry. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we humbly bring our prayers to you this morning from our 1C family. A prayer for my sister that her back starts to get better through physical therapy so that she doesn't need surgery. Lord God, be with Nancy this week as she goes in for surgery. Work mightily through the doctors to heal her and be with her in her recovery. Be with Jim as he waits and give them both your peace and comfort. To all the people that have lost loved ones and homes in the tornado devastation and prayers for the grieving and weary, give them strength and hope that all will be made new. A prayer for Curtis and Mackenzie Hill. They were in a car accident Friday night going to Grand Island from T-Bone gas station. Prayers that Curtis's surgery and healing goes well, and we pray that Mackenzie's healing goes well. Finally, Father, a prayer for the people who don't know you. Help them know you this Christmas season. Gracious God, you are the Prince of Peace. We thank you for hearing our prayers, both spoken and in our hearts. Grant us the peace this season that only you can provide through the birth of your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow, can you believe that? State champions. I'm going to wait for some light. Well, let me tell you, on the way out after the 9 o'clock service, after we did this, somebody who was the first senior class of Lakeview said, we've been waiting forever for this. So this will go down in history. And as she walked out, you could just tell the smile on her because her school won a championship. Well, we're going to talk about that today in light of the Christmas carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. I have up here Adam Van Cleve. 
I'd like for you to introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about your family and maybe interests that you have. Uh, I'm Adam Van Cleve. I am a senior at Lakeview High School. My parents are Chad and Lori Van Cleve, and I participate in football, basketball, baseball, and track at Lakeview. So, Good. And I, I hear you like school, too. Like, I mean, there's sports, and then there's school, and you're good with that. All right. Uh, as, we th as I was thinking about this Christmas carol, I thought about the victory. And then also, just for those of you that are Nebraska women's volleyball fans, right? I heard they continue in the, in the final four, woohoo, right? Uh, but I was thinking about three words, and we're going to talk about them with Adam. The first word that is in this hymn that I think has a direct correlation is the word faithful. And if you look at the word faithful and maybe have your own definition, things like committed, dedicated, I mean, those kind of words come through. And so, Adam, if you would just reflect on this idea, this concept, of what does it mean for an individual to be faithful, dedicated, committed, as well as a team? What does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah, I was really proud of our team being faithful to each other. A lot of people don't know, but the two seasons before this, we were four and five, and both of those years we had five-game losing streaks. So it was two really, really tough seasons, and <clears throat> we actually came back together, and we said we were all still confident and said this is going to be our year. We trust the process, trust the coaches, and most importantly, we played for each other and not for individual achievement or gains. So I think that was a big part in the success that you just saw. What is it? I mean, do you just show up on game day and play this thing called football? No, uh, there's a lot of pre preparation behind the scenes. Uh, I think our coaches every Sunday or every Saturday would spend from 9 to 4 watching film, breaking down the team we have next. They'd bring us in, and we'd watch it all through the week, and it was just, that's just the stuff off the field. And then, of course, you have the practices every day, and it's really a lifestyle, not just a sport for us during the season. Yeah, and in fact, as we talked about it, your, your coach in particular was teaching not just about football, it's about life. And I'll just tell you, as we think about this idea of whether it's football or what you're going through in life, it is all about a bigger picture. And we could be in whatever arena of whether it's football, basketball, baseball, the things that you like to do, or just living out your faith. That's pretty important. There's two other words that I think maybe you, if you got a glimpse of the picture, uh, there were more because I Googled all of this, the words joyful and triumphant. Picture those final seconds clicking off the clock, and you know you can now have this title, state champion. What was going through your mind? I, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Just kind of what you dreamed of since you're a little kid, and no better way to do it than being on the field, kneeling it out with the guys you've done it ever since you're little. And I just, it's really, really something to do with all the people that you loved. Yeah, and this idea of dream. I remember I saw a picture of you when you were third grade, I think it was, and you were by the football team. I, were you a water boy or something? Okay, water boy. Yeah, I was a water boy. I saw a movie about water boy one time. <laughs> Anybody else see that movie? You're nothing, you're nothing like it. You know. Anyway, but you're, you're standing there looking up at the coach and the players, and little did you know how many years later, 15 years, I don't even know how old a third grader is, but all of a sudden, you are champion. So that, I mean, that's an exciting thing. How do you connect faith, living that out, 
with this thing called football. What, where do you see the correlation? Uh, kind of like you said, our coach always preaches that in order to be excellent in one area of life, you need to do it in all areas of your life. And I think that goes from football to the classroom to faith life, and it just carries over everywhere. You can't be great at one thing and then slack off in the other one. You have to do it all all areas of your life. So, Yeah, <laughs> powerful imagery. You know, if think about it, right? Not every team wins a championship. But just think about those years. You know, you were faithful, you worked hard, you looked at game film and all that stuff, um, but you got the, the privilege of being state champions. And I just think about our life itself. As we move forward from here, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. So as you look at your future, what do you, what do you think and what's next? Uh, I'm planning to go to UNL for accounting. I don't plan on playing any sports as of now, but okay. that might be. But you never know? Yep. Um, but basketball started already. That's what happens when you keep winning games. The, the seasons kind of connect or almost overlap. So, uh, but blessings on you as you continue forward with your faith and trust in, in, in Jesus and living out life to his glory. Thank you. Let's, let's give appreciation. I, I admire people that can juggle like the school world as well as the sport world. Um, I did neither in my high school. I was a partier, so I don't know which category that is. I, I did win, uh, let's see, class clown, class rowdier, class rowdy, and class partier. That was my senior year recognition. So, all right, uh, we're going to continue a journey on carols. I don't know about you, but Christmas season is full of these, these songs you've heard of ages, long time ago. Week number one. We got together and we talked about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's not really a Christmas song. It's more of an Advent song. It, and it is a prayer. And we're saying, O Come, O Come, God be with us. That's what Emmanuel means. Week number two, we talked about O Holy Night. And for me, the mystery is a non-Christian wrote that song and captured what took place in history so well. And if you remember the one line that caught me this year that maybe I've heard before but never had it hit me like it did, but a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And I just love that, that reality, that we have a hope even when we're tired, even when we're weary. And now as you look at our environmental screens on the sides, it, it tells us um, it's, O come, O come, ye or, O come, all ye faithful. A little background to it, written about 200 years ago in Latin. Anybody ever take Latin? Just raise your hand. Okay, all right, you and I, we could talk Latin. Yeah, I know, that's how I am. If you show me Latin, I'll just go, mm-hmm. Um, a couple years later, we'll just say it was 180 years from now, it was translated into English, and it's been used in the church ever since. Beautiful song captures what's going on. So let's read this out loud together, if you would. Join me. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. 
Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. I don't remember how many years ago, but I remember it was a, a little old lady singing this song. Um, I don't know if it was on Christmas Eve or uh, one of the Advent services, but when she sang those words, it was like this. She poured her entire soul and body into this song because she wanted to adore this Christ child with everything she had. And so I just want to give you permission. If you're ever sitting here and, and thinking, boy, it'd be kind of cool to kind of put my hands up, and you have permission. And for those of you that are Roman Catholic or former Roman Catholic, people have asked me, is it okay to do this? I say yes. The sign of the cross is power. Christ died for us. So however you want to express yourself, feel free to do that. The, the tension point of this Christmas carol is actually in the title itself. The opening video talked about it. Greg talked about it with the, Christmas, uh, the, the kids' message. This idea, O come all ye faithful. I just want to let you know that theologically, this hymn is presupposing something that's really important. That you are in Christ at that point. Because before Christ, this hymn really should be called, O Come All Ye Faithless. Because that is our storyline. Ever since Adam and Eve, humanity has been faithless apart from Christ. But when Christ enters into the picture, you know, namely as a babe of Bethlehem, but into your life and my life, something changes inside of us. And he gives us things that we would not have except for his gift to you. And we're going to look at those three things, right? Faithful, joyful, triumphant. We're going to get to there. But let's be reminded of the theological perspective of who does Jesus call. And here's a couple passages just to remind us that we are, well, we're in trouble if we were on our own. The first thing comes from Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So theologically speaking, biblically speaking, you and me, apart from Christ, are in trouble. We've got this burden that is so heavy, so deadly, that we would be in trouble for eternity. And also, even though Christ has come... Aren't there times we're still weary because of sin? I honestly can't tell you how many people in my years of ministry where I've had people in my office or on the phone or now with Facebook Messenger where I hear the story of being weary and burdened. And it comes in so many different ways, health issues, financial issues, relationship things. That weariness is just so, so real. That's why those words of Jesus... In Matthew chapter 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I, I don't know about you, I, I need that rest because I can look in the mirror and I could see somebody that's weary and burdened at times. So he offers it. He, he extends it out like this and says, here you go. It's all for you because I think the world of you. Or how about the, another passage from Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. On hearing this, Jesus said, 
It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus understood why he was on this earth. His mission statement, he actually said in another portion of scripture said, he has come to seek and to save the lost. And who are the lost and what is the lost? It's people like you and me, people who deal with sin on a daily basis, actually by breath by breath basis. Sin is, it, it's real. It's in me, it's in you, it's in this world. And Jesus comes to deal with that. He is ultimately the great physician that takes care of us, our body, our soul, our spirit. He does everything that's necessary so we can have life. And when he gets involved, great things happen. The Apostle Paul, who had one of those moments where things got turned upside down, he said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone, and I'm thinking he's thinking about himself because he was chief of sinners, he says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. This is the best storyline there is. Instead of God taking a step back saying, you know what? It's your problem. Instead, Christ steps into this world, and he comes to people like you and me, and invites us into a relationship with him. And when that happens, some fantastic things take place. Then I believe that this first line of this Christmas carol starts becoming real in our life. So let's talk about those in light of this. How does Jesus empower us? What does he do? Well, the first thing is he empowers us to become more faithful. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, before I do chapter 12, remember, when you read a Bible verse, take time to look at the context, which means what's around it? What's going on here? Chapter um, 12, verse 2 says the words, let us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. What happened right before? Chapter 11, if you want to have a really good read, if you want to be encouraged in life, look at the long list of all individual people throughout time who God has given faith to and how God used them mightily in life, even when it was difficult. So you see this big long list, and then the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12 says, hey folks, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, like the people of old, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If you are like me, and if you deal with sin like I deal with sin, I don't always fix my eyes on Jesus. There are times I glance at him like this, and then I get on with life. I really think this imagery that the writer is getting at says, get fixated on him. Look at him above everything else. Don't let the trappings of this world, and especially Christmas, take you off the reason and the power of what God did. <coughs> and that's why in Romans chapter 10, Paul encourages us, if you want your faith to become more, he says this, faith comes from hearing 
and hearing through the word of Christ. So if you want faith to be cultivated in you, get into the word. <coughs> Let the word of Christ dwell within you richly, scriptures tell us, because it makes a difference. I don't know if you have a favorite Bible verse. I encourage you, look around. Remember back about a month ago I talked about Look at some scriptures so that as you go into 2022, maybe there's a verse that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow and focused on what God is calling you to do. But consider this. One of my favorite verses, one of my life verses, is Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, why is this verse especially meaningful? Well, it goes back, I don't know how many years ago, we'll just say almost 40. I don't even know for sure, but um, Kristen was uh, <clears throat> thinking about going away to college. We lived in Wisconsin. We lived about a couple miles apart from each other. But then she was thinking of going to Concordia Seward. And that's a long distance away from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I was deeply troubled. I was not very faithful at the time. I am just fretting the fact that I heard long-distance relationships are really tough to do, and can we really keep this going? And so she writes me this note and this letter, this encouragement, you know, and it was these words. Fear not, for I am with you always. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. Trusting in God in every circumstance is absolutely vital. So then we fast forward from that moment to three years ago. We had heard word that Kristen had a brain tumor. And I want to tell you, it was stirring for me. I became fearful, not faithful. I kept picturing in my head, oh, what's going to happen? You know, you hear about these things and... And so the day of the surgery, I think it was the actual day of it, my daughter, that's why I wore this t-shirt today, took a t-shirt and wrote Isaiah 41.10. And I'm not sure if she knew it was my life verse, but she, she put it on here. And when I put it in my hands and I looked at it, I was moved to tears. And I held on to this, put it on physically, but I held on to it in my heart, saying, I'm going to trust God with this surgery and the uncertainty that can follow that surgery. I want to encourage you. Let God take you and increase your faith through the power of his word and the power of his Holy Spirit. Learn what it means to fix your eyes on Jesus, not just glance. And watch how it will recalibrate your life. It doesn't mean that chaos goes away. It doesn't mean that troubles go away. But you will have a peace that is unlike anything the world can give. And you will also have a joy unlike anything the world gives. That's why the second part, you know, so he can empower us to be more faithful, but he can also empower us to be more joyful. Galatians 5.22, you need a little backdrop to this. Jesus is going to leave. This is what we find in the Gospels. He promises the Holy Spirit 
He tells his disciples, the followers, back then but also today, I'm not going to be on this earth much longer, but I'm going to send you the Spirit, the Comforter, who will teach you all things. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is plants fruit in your life. And if you ever want to see that list, come to my office. Somebody had made a beautiful, I'm not even sure what you call it, but I have it as a wall hanging of the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit in particular for today is the Spirit is love and joy. You see, God desires to give joy. The world desires to have you have happiness. Do you know the difference? Happiness is connected to happenings. So if your happening is good, you're going to have happiness. If your happening is bad, you're going to not have happiness. But you see, joy is connected to Jesus. And Jesus is eternal, which means you can have some really tough things going on in your world, but that constant of Jesus and his love for you keeps you going. Even if you're going to have brain surgery, or even if you have a heart attack, even if you're sitting here today and you're not sure how your job's going to be in 2022, <coughs> you can have that absolute with you forever. It's eternal. It doesn't have a shelf life. It is something you can hold on to. And I wonder if the shepherds got a picture of that on that first Christmas announcement. Luke chapter 12, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. In the video series, and actually a little mini movie, entitled um, uh, The Chosen, it's called The Shepherd, they depict that in a beautiful way. The shepherds were out in the field. They were kind of doing their thing. They looked smelly. They looked dirty. They looked like they'd be the last people that would get the announcement. And yet the angels come to them and want to give them a joy like it is to be for all people. A Savior has been born. And through the, the video, it captures the joy of the shepherds coming upon that Christ child. And it's the same joy that God wants you to have as we come upon this Christ child once again in Christmas, but every day in our life. It makes a difference. That's why I want to encourage you. We're going to be showing um, the movie, The Chosen, on the 14th and the 17th. I think I have the dates right. So there's information in the bulletin, but please um, come and be a part of that and watch that. So again, Jesus empowers us to be faithful. Jesus empowers us to be joyful. And then the last one, Jesus empowers us to become more triumphant at all times and in all places. And the Isaiah passage, remember, the children of Israel were not always faithful. They often would do their own thing. They'd go their own way. And as a result of that unfaithfulness, they would get into trouble. And then it would look dismal. It would look dark. It would look deadly. But then God would send one of his prophets to step into their world and say, hey, folks, guess what? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So no matter what your circumstance is, because of this promised Messiah, you will have a victory like nothing else. And that was for the people back then, but it's also for you and me. That's why I'm hoping that this visual, this picture, will maybe reinforce the importance. You see, when Jesus is in the center of our life, when he is the focal point of who we are and what we do, he increases and gives us faithfulness, joyfulness, and a sense of being a victor, being triumphant. So may God give you and me all of this faith that we need so that we can live as his children today and tomorrow and forever. Amen? Let's stand. We're going to profess our faith. We're going to use the words of the Apostles' Creed, a beautiful summary of who God is and what he has done for you and for me. So together we profess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Everybody go in peace and serve the Lord.
Sure, you something to believe in. Wait. 